Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Just a week ago, those conference championship games were played, and we solidified the matchup for Super Bowl 58. It's now... Just six days away, and we're going to find even more ways to bet it, or at least different angles, different leans. We've got an entire week to figure out which direction we want to go. If you haven't figured your direction out yet, we're here to help. On BetQL Daily, Chris Mack alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. Please, by all means, watch the show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL, or on YouTube. And, of course, you know you can take us with you inside your Odyssey app, wherever you're going, whatever you're up to today. A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's free. Download it today and take us with you live coast to coast every weekday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern, right here on the BetQL Network. There was college basketball. There were NBA uh, items we have to talk about. And, of course, Connor Allen of 4 for 4 and Bet Spurts and Jason Lock and Fora, his weekly visit, our Odyssey NFL Insider, both going to check in with what they like on Super Bowl 58, now just six days away. The novelty props, especially the Swifty props, are really starting to pile up. We'll take a look in the second hour. And our NFL year in review continues in the second hour as well with a look back at the AFC East as we get ready to dive into the offseason in just seven days because that will hit hot and heavy too with senior bowl being played, mock drafts, assistant coaches being hired everywhere. We can get to that in just a couple of minutes. But happy Monday morning, friends. The game is just about here and we're starting to get to the point where we kind of distill down the storylines that we like the angles that we like maybe the game scripts that we started to talk about last week and kick around um, that are playing themselves out in our heads as we think about how we're going to bet this one Joe so as we now have this game staring us in the face it's barreling at us live from Vegas on Sunday night What's the storyline that I guess is your favorite at this point or or you think is the biggest maybe in relation to the outcome of Sunday night's game? If you go with Mahomes as a dog, you're cheating. Like that's You can't <laughs> escape it. Anybody and their mom, their sister, their brother, they're just early thoughts. Well, it's hard to go against Mahomes. It's hard to get, go against Mahomes. Mahomes as an underdog, you know his record? Yes, I do this for a living. I know how he is as an underdog. It's not a large sample size, and he's very successful at it. I'm going to go with uh, one of the coaches here, and this hasn't been one of the biggest storylines yet. I think it will be uh, this week because people will get sick of saying the same stuff. I got to go with Kyle Shanahan. 
Shanahan is viewed as, when we're breaking down San Francisco on a weekly basis, he's viewed as a genius by many, certainly an offensive genius. Um, if you think younger, youngish offensive gurus or great coaches, like he's mentioned, he's thrown in there with McVay. Should he be thrown in there with McVay? Mm, if you're talking about the results at the end of the season, no, he shouldn't be. But as far as straight up offenses and scoring points, fine. Um, if you if you give me the list of great offensive minds slash head coaches, I think he's on that list, even though there's one big hole in his resume. He's on there with Andy Reid, right? Like, think about offensive minds. Like, yes, uh, it's like Reid McVay and probably Shanahan. Last five years, he's had four double-digit win seasons, but they're not breaking through. They lost once in the Super Bowl. They lost twice in the NFC Championship as head coach of San Francisco. Um, and then we know the, about the 28-3 to storyline. So that's what I find to be most intriguing with this one. He is favored once again. He wins games in the playoffs as a favorite. Doesn't necessarily cover those spreads. We haven't seen that happen in quite some time. But he does win those games. Is Kyle Shanahan finally going to break through and if you do hesitate, there won't be any hesitation any longer. Great in the regular season, but we haven't seen it in the biggest of moments yet. And, you know, people still point to him, even though it was so long ago. And I think it's justified. They blame him on 28-3. to They don't talk about Brady and Belichick. They blame him because he was going super aggressive and he wasn't running the clock at all. I think the other thing that I'm starting to come around on is Brock Purdy. I mean, he has taken a big step forward and leading that comeback against the Ravens. I love how he clapped back at Cam Newton, basically saying, yeah, I might be the 10th best player, but there's like 90 quarterbacks and you're not one of them in the NFL right now. Thought that was hilarious. I mean, he has a confidence that like Jimmy G and other quarterbacks that they've tried have not had. Um, maybe I need to be more confident in Brock Purdy. I, this I'm with you, Joe. If you do the whole Mahomes as an underdog, Andy Reid, it's kind of like a cop out. I, I'm total. Yeah. I love that point that you made. Yeah. So, because th the Niners' defense really good, their offense really good. It's just Brock Purdy that makes you wonder. But maybe I'm kind of coming around to it, and or perhaps I'm doing the whole thing where it's like you have so much time to think about it. Starting to come around on Brock Purdy and think, you know, I've been doubting him, but maybe I need to stop. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's very much a, a case of, you know, like every like we like the entire world responded to when Cam Newton said that last week like, well, yeah, he's a game manager, but that doesn't mean he's not really good at being a game manager. It doesn't mean his mm -hmm. head coach doesn't set him up to succeed in that role to bring it back to Shanahan as well, right? Like that's the way that team is built. They're built so that the quarterback, regardless of who it was, whether it was going to be Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold or, you know, back when they were even still in, in, the, in the realm of committing to Trey Lance, um, you know, it, whoever it was going to be, it was going to be built for the offense to be very color by numbers and get it to your skill position guys so they can make things happen and let your defense do some things on the other side of the ball as well because we talked about the nine or ten names that we could realistically rank ahead of Brock Purdy on this team. Again, to bring it back mm -hmm. to the Cam Newton statement from a week ago, it's the way the 49ers are built, and it's worked to this point. But again, to bring it back to your point, Joe, it's only worked to a point. 
right? It's only gotten them so mm-hmm. far, and now this is like it's like the final boss of a video game, right? Like you've gone through all the levels, and now you're you're Mario or Luigi, and there's Bowser at the other end of the bridge throwing fireballs at you, and can you finally win? I just made a terrible 80s video game reference, by the way. Um, can you finally beat the final boss, and can you get past that point, or are you always going to be ceilinged at being a conference championship contender? The kids are still playing Mario and different versions of Mario Kart, That's so they true. get it. They know the characters you know that you're is. talking yeah. about. Yeah, the they're, movie they're all was good. <laughs> Which <laughs> movie? Really? movie? So, yeah, I've oh, watched I it like it. three or four times. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's in that stage. The yep. next 10 years of your life. So, so the the bar of what's good and what's, you know, passable, it's going to keep changing. Costos like, and Grace hey. said it was good, too. And okay. it, I think it got good reviews. It. Yeah. I did not see it's it. It's one of the only oh. kids' movies I can bear to watch. Yeah, that's usually you just tune them out list. after a while. Tune them out. It's all the same. Yeah, it starts to sound the like the teacher from Charlie Brown. You don't even know what's happening anymore. <laughs> Uh, the, the 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 one angle I really like too, it, it, you know, it it doesn't necessarily, you know, work with the angles that you both brought up. The idea of Kyle Shanahan, the idea of Brock Purdy, is something we touched on last week for just a couple of minutes, and it's it's defense. Like this is four straight seasons across the league of declining point totals. Not not huge numbers, you know. We're not getting. Good old-fashioned smash mouth football or anything like that. The ball still gets thrown more than it ever has before, right? Uh, But you've Mm -hmm. got the number two and number three ranked scoring defenses from the regular season meeting in the Super Bowl. Um, You've got teams that are here as much because of their defense as their offense, regardless of what you think of the offensive coaching staffs, the head coaches, the quarterbacks. The one in particular who's done it here, you know, gotten here before because of his playmaking ability. It's about defense, and I think, you know, it is such an old cliche, defense wins championships, but I think this year more than ever may reinforce that fact, depending especially what we get on Sunday. Hey, you can have uh, one offense led by a guy who many of us think is the best quarterback of his generation, another uh, offense led by just this cast of stars, all these weapons that surround the quarterback, regardless what you think of him. But two defenses that are expected, I think, to stand pretty tall up to those challenges, Aaron, in that, you know, if if somebody told you, like, we all can see the path in our heads to 34-31 because of all those offensive weapons and names that I just mentioned. But I think it's much more realistic that around 1030 on Sunday night, we're looking at each other going, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. 24 20. Uh, yeah, knew that was going to happen the whole way. Yeah, absolutely. These defenses stood tall. That wouldn't shock me in the least. Well, especially if you're looking at the AFC Championship and what the Ravens defense mm-hmm. was able to do to the Chiefs. It's it's hard because you, really the Ravens offense didn't show up and I don't think anyone expects that to happen with this 49ers team, but the Ravens defense really did contain the Chiefs. So I think I'm starting to talk myself into the Niners more and more, which could be problematic. I hear it. <laughs> I can hear it. Like it's happening. It was a week of on KC. This is what we talked yeah. about last week, that it's too much time. Like you talk, it you is. spend so much time talking yeah. about it and then you completely see the other side. If you hear I'm gonna some flip. people are, are going on, on this way and this is why. <laughs> 
And yeah, you, you understand why. Well, you know what? A lot of it's it can be flipping, but sometimes it's getting a different pick, get a different number too. Like a yeah. lot of a lot of the pros with props, they they bet the overs right away and on Saturday, Sunday, they're going to bet the unders because there's going to be a pretty large gap and maybe they can get in get the middle and uh, hit both sides of it. That, that's certainly going to happen. But yeah, yeah. when you talk about something for two weeks, <laughs> it gets boring and repeating the same thing again and again. Just a little bit of over analysis, probably, right? Like we're all going to take every, like every single bet I said last week I, I, I was going to make or did actually make. I'm looking back at it and I'll go, hmm. You just you you. It's the nature of being not just a fan, but doing what we do is second guessing yourself, right? Or trying to find the contrary angle to whatever you just laid out, right? It's mm-hmm. it's like good old fashioned high school debate team, Aaron. But the line movement too, opening up at three, two and a half. The two and a halfs were gone on the Chiefs side. The money line it was about even money for the Chiefs. Yeah. Now it's like plus one ten. So that also plays into my overthinking, like. Am I wrong? <laughs> what am I missing? Do I need to rethink everything here? It's not helping. But it is still such, no matter what number, one, two, two and a half, it is such a short spread. Yeah. Like most of the time, over 90% of the time, the team that wins this game is going to cover the spread too. It's going to be both, especially with such a short spread. It's not like we're talking about a touchdown or anything like that. So... Yeah, it's you know no. We'll talk about the movement or lack thereof lately. Uh-huh. It's interesting about which props are moving. But as far as side total, once this number got established for a couple of days, it's been pretty nothing yet. You know, yeah. it's not going to be like this all week. It can't, right? I mean, no, that, again, no we'll, we'll get into we'll get into movement and what we expect yeah. or what we shouldn't expect in uh, about ten minutes or so. But it is. It's going to be. That's what's going to be most fascinating to me over the next, say, 72 hours, and and especially as we push towards the weekend, like your Friday and Saturday. Is there enough you know, coming in to move anything in one direction or another? We'll talk props, sides, totals, all of that, what's moved, and as Joe intimated, what hasn't moved really over the weekend in about 10 minutes. Jason Lockenfora, as I mentioned, at the top of the hour Odyssey NFL insider. We're seeing updates to mock drafts. We're seeing guys interviewing, guys getting hired. Connor Allen, a four for four and bet spurts. Well, we haven't talked to him since all of this was set. So we'll get his, uh, his thoughts on where he's going. Super Bowl 58 wise coming up at the top of the third and final hour. And I mentioned uh, AFC East NFL year in review novelty props uh and there was a big college basketball weekend those top 10 games that we had talked about uh friday each one of them was interesting in its own way whether it was close or not and nba news throughout the weekend as well lebron Embiid, doc and the bucks do what looks like it may be a thing now for doc and the bucks last night against the jazz all of that on the way but coming up next the line movements that may or may not be happening, and oh, go to social media. There seems to be some Instagram footsie being played between a quarterback and an OC. Hmm. I see you, Caleb. That's next on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. BetQL. And it is, it is so close. You can taste it. Super Bowl 58 right around the corner. Welcome back into BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Really close, but not so close that some of these lines can't move, although they've really settled down over the last 72 hours or so. Side, total, props, and more. Should we expect any more movement in these lines? Coming up in just a couple of minutes. Connor Allen at the top of the third and final hour of 4 for 4 and bet spurts. Jason Lockenfora, our Odyssey NFL insider, in about 40 minutes from now, alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack. Welcome back in. Make sure you watch the show as well on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL. But I mentioned some social media footsie, some flirting Mm -hmm. going on between the presumptive first overall pick and a guy who just got a new job this weekend, literally right down the street from Aaron Hawksworth. Cliff Kingsbury is in the neighborhood now, Aaron. He's working for Washington. He's the OC. It's happened. And... You know what? You're not the most excited person in the world about that, believe it or not. Caleb Williams is pretty amped up about it, too. He seems to be excited. And with all the smoke around Caleb Williams not necessarily being interested in going to Chicago, do we have some fires burning? It seems like we do. I don't know how I would feel if I was like a young player to be a quarterback of a franchise. Do you want to come home and deal with all that distraction? I personally wouldn't. I don't want to go somewhere else. Um, But I also like moving and uh, new experiences. But I guess, Caleb, it seems like he wants to come home and he likes the cliff news. Uh, He's, you know, saying, hey, that's my guy. So everyone's all about it they seem to be excited here in washington i was looking at all the comments and they seem ready to go they're wondering what's going to happen to eric the enemy i'm like who cares did you really think he was staying exactly sailed the more i get exposed to these people just shows me how stupid some of them are um people are acting like washington has the upper hand in the situation hello they're the number two pick not number one overall. So we're just going to go ahead and assume because they have a relationship over in college for a year. Let's just assume that the Bears are just going to give up that pick. That's what they're going to do. They're going to pass on another first quarterback or the, what could be a great one. They passed on Stroud last year. Now they're going to pass on another one They when they need a quarterback. They do, no matter what anybody says. Okay, I, player empowerment, there's more of that than ever before. But still... The Bears have the upper hand, and here's the part that's not being discussed as much. Everybody runs wild with uh, the coward quote last week. Totally backtracked the next day. 100% backtracked. Said they reached out to me, his dad reached out to me, and basically took everything back. He did a Chicago radio tour on Friday afternoon to set the record straight. Like Because we went into the weekend, that wasn't out there as much. But that happened, too. 
And they wanted his camp wanted to make it clear we are not out on Chicago. We don't like it's not we don't dislike them. We want to go to a place where we have a passion. It's going to be a passionate fan base. And believe me, they may be dumb like many NFL fan bases, but they are certainly passionate in Chicago. They just don't know what a quarterback looks. So some of these idiots think Justin Fields is a good quarterback. Like cause they've never seen it in their life. They have no idea. Like there are some people that just watch their team. They don't watch the the rest of the league. So they don't quite understand how real football works, how winning football works. But yeah, I mean, okay. Here's my reaction, Chris. It's breaking news. Not even breaking. It's newsworthy if Caleb says nothing. It's newsworthy if they're not saying, hey, congrats, brother, whatever they're saying out there. Right. Like th- That's the obvious thing. Everybody's waiting on this. And they gave them their morsel. And that was expected because they have a history. But, I mean, there's also the element of these teams getting coordinators late. Yeah. Real bad. Real bad, so like Getty in Vegas. Bad. Enjoy that. <laughs> the 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 OC carousel spun fast and furiously this weekend. You had Cliff backing out of Vegas, deciding Washington is the spot for him. You had Luke Getzey going to Vegas. Mm. Um. Okay. Terrible. Uh, Terrible. Uh, <laughs> well, they don't have a quarterback in place either. So, I oh, mean, that's worse. <laughs> that so now it's going to be a new quarterback coming in, and and Luke Getzey trying to unlock whatever there is in that quarterback, right? You would presume, anyway. Um, sorry, Antonio Luke's sister Pierce lives is right. Good, up, is not going to last. Luke's n- well, I, it's not going to last. Well, presumably not if it's a rookie quarterback with Luke Getzey at OC, right? Like, uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Luke's Luke's sister lives right up the street. <laughs> Wonderful family. <laughs> Offensive coordinator. Um, and then you got Greg Roman, Aaron, going out to LA. Oh, the gosh. the Harbaugh's pass assistant coaches around. Like I I, I don't know. Like it's a, an Italian restaurant family style. It's just yeah, give me some of that. Give me some of this. Give me that. Oh, you got an assistant? Yeah, I'll take him for a couple years. Then I'll give him back. Oh, you got an assistant? Yeah, I'll take that. Greg Roman out to LA. We'll see how that works out with Justin Herbert. What did you like about the Ravens' offense when he was there? I mean, fans were leaving, like, letters at the Ravens' practice facility on the doorstep, like, get rid of this guy. I guess you could make the argument that there really wasn't a lot of offensive weapons there for Lamar, but that offense was anemic, so I don't know what you're getting excited about. Have fun with that, Jim. (laughs) I don't think – so nobody's excited about that, right? There's been no positivity about this hire. John, John must have done a really good sell job on him. You got to yeah. get this guy, buddy. <laughs> so it's a, uh, I mean, it was a weekend news dome. Yeah. <laughs> on all story. three of these. Well, not all three. I mean, Kingsbury was yeah. him deciding to take things in, uh, in his own hands. But yeah, the, the Getsy and Roman hires, definitely. Weekend news dump. We don't, we don't need to tell anybody about these. They'll just wake up in a couple of weeks yeah. and realize we hired an OC. That's... Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, look, you're Harbaugh. You're going to get some experience. You're going to get someone you're comfortable with. Uh, you you probably have as much Greg Roman information as anybody. But the reason you wanted the job is because of Herbert, more than any other reason. And this is the guy that you were in trust. I mean, maybe Harbaugh's going to have his hands more on the offense than in the past, because most recently he has been the CEO. Uh, maybe he's going to be involved more. 
would be my hope if I'm a Chargers fan. Wouldn't be my that, that's you got to have something, right? Um, yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about the line moves that we haven't really seen too much of over the weekend for Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Um, the the sides and the total conspicuously steady over the weekend, and the total really hasn't moved at all um, since that came out. I mean, we 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 are looking like we're fairly locked in here, Joe. I don't know what props. You know, the props I bet last week, I went back and checked again this morning just to see if there'd been any kind of – maybe a little bit of movement in the odds, but the lines themselves hadn't moved. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on whether we get enough coming in this week to move either the the spread or the total, um, but it feels like we're, I, we're, we're almost locked in now with still six days to go. Yeah, I, I do have a list of props that I did see okay. – uh, that moved certain players uh, popping up again and again, which we can go over. But as far as the side in total, which most people are interested in, yeah, nothing. Hasn't it been like five days of nothing mm-hmm. so far mm-hmm. with the side in total? We had the initial movement on Casey coming down. Then we got some big bets coming in on San Francisco, pushed it back up to two. There's a two and a half out there, but most of the market's sitting at two. And you mentioned the total. It was 48 not long and 47 and a half. And it's been there since across the board. Um, Aaron mentioned the three that was there for a very short period of time, but it's been around two and a half to one and a half. I would guess that this week we're going to see much of the same movement. Cause there's not much change, much change uh, between like one and a half and two and a half or one and two and a half. Like we might see some, some movement there, but, Aside from that, are we going to get to three? Hell no. Are we going to get to a pick them? Absolutely not. Because we saw uh, the bottom floor was one. And that that's when money came in on San Francisco heavy. San Francisco minus one. Or, or okay, that's a good buy point for a money line because I'm not laying that much juice. We saw the bottom. So I don't think it's going to go, it's going to drop below one at any point. But this range, yeah, there'll be some some movement, but we're not getting to three. No. Yeah, I ended up just hitting Chiefs again at plus two and a half and did the money line. Now there's even better value on the money line. But uh, I haven't done a whole lot over the weekend in terms of props, like betting more things. Um, But I did notice a couple of things that I bet have changed a little bit. But did you guys bet aside or anything yet since your initial thoughts? Nope. No, not, not since our initial, you know, jumping on uh, KC at money three. Line. Um, yeah, yeah, and then I did add a money line halfway through the week, I think it was. But that was even money. And to your point, like, that's that started to get a little better value now, Chiefs money line. I could see, Joe, and, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this. Like, I could see the, the Niners money starting to come in this week. Like, people wanted to see where this thing settled, and now they see that it has settled and say, okay, this is – this is uh, uh, this is where we're gonna be. I'm I'm in on Niners now, um, but I, I don't see enough, like you said, coming in to move this thing more than a half point either direction. And I think that would have to be a lot to come in this week to get it a half point either way right now, given where we're at. Yeah, the favorite did change last year. I don't see that happening this year. The, the market was tested last week and you know this is maybe the one maybe there are a couple sporting events a year this is certainly one of them where the public will drive movement that's something that's forgotten about in the regular season 
that, yeah, there might be a ton of public money, 90-some percent on one side, but it's not moving a point spread. That's only sharp money that's moving point spreads. But there is so much public money when it comes to the Super Bowl that it that will move markets a little bit. So that's something to pay attention to. So I I would expect this drops at some point this week. It is more likely to drop from two than to go up. There's one, two and a half, but I, like I mentioned, I didn't see it getting to three, but I could see it dropping because just the Chiefs money piles up. I have heard some, you know, some of the smarter betters, pros, whatever, making their case for San Francisco. As far as public, I I don't see it. I don't hear it anywhere mm-hmm. in the case for San no. Francisco. So you'd imagine once we get to Friday, Saturday, that's going to be a lot of Chiefs liability. So where do you think it settles then? One and a half? Probably. That's what it was last year. Would it surprise anyone if we get the exact same point spread? No, no, no. It's it, it does. It's 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 it, and and I honestly think like how many how much of the public is going to buy back in a second time on the Chiefs. Or did they make that bet and that's, you know, they're, they're done now, right? They're, they're, it's been a week yeah. and they're, they're – or, or is the public going to do what we talked about to start the show? Like, hey, I'm going to hit my overanalyzation point now and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hedge and come back the other way. Or, you know, and the sharp money, to your point, Joe, I think sharps who were going to be on the Chiefs were going to buy that early, like we talked about last Monday and Tuesday. If you're a sharp who's on the Niners – then I think you were more likely to sit around and see where this thing settles and you buy in middle this week, maybe late in the week um, to see if you can, you know, see if the the public money can get you an extra half point. Um, Or maybe you jump at it today or tomorrow uh, to avoid the one and a half. Right. I I just, there's not enough, I don't think going on to move it uh, a half more than a half point one way or another, Aaron. I also think that, like, if you don't have a strong opinion, like, I already hit the Chiefs a couple times in different ways, but it's like, just bet on some Niners props, you know, like, over on Purdy's passing yards or some of those players to go off. Like, I don't personally feel like I need to now hit the Niners as well, like, on the side. Um, I'm glad you mentioned Purdy because he is one of the very few players, it's a short list, where we've seen notable movement on the props. His passing yard prop is down three yards from 248.5 to 245.5. His pass attempts down one full attempt, down to 31.5. And, a half. and I, I talked about liking him on the rushing yards over. That's up two full mm-hmm. yards from 10.5 to 12.5. Wow. So a lot of action early on on Purdy. Some other stuff. Kelsey's receiving yards went down two, two yards, 72.5 mm-hmm. down to 70.5. Uh, Ayuk on the way down. He's in the lower 60s. Debo a little up, but if you look around, Debo's numbers all over the place. Some at 56, yeah. 57, 58, 59. It's just all over the place. So shop around, especially if uh, you like Debo. And I thought this was interesting. CMC rushing and receiving is down three full yards from 129 and a half to 126 and a half. So fading Purdy a little bit, fading. CMC a little bit, Kelsey. I I thought a lot of these numbers would be heading in the opposite direction. Yeah, we're starting to see things come back down and maybe some people leaning in on the unders. I've seen PFF, Under. some of their guys pointing out uh, some of the numbers on Purdy from the postseason that aren't too pretty, like the percentage of 
you know, dangerous dropbacks. It's, again, we'll continue that analysis throughout the week. But coming up next, it's a Monday. Time to put some people on trial. Time for BetQL Court next, right here on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Make a bad bet. You can't handle the truth. Take a bad beat. I I plead the fifth. Or just something you want to get off your chest. Sir, you're out of order. I don't I show you out of order. BetQL Court is now in session on BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Every Monday, we parse through what happened over the weekend and place some people on trial. Jason Lockenfora in 20 minutes, our Odyssey NFL insider, to dive back into storylines for Super Bowl 58. An hour and 20 minutes from now, top of the third and final hour of BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. It'll be Connor Allen of 4 for 4 and BetSparts. NFL year in review continues one hour from now. With the AFC East and the novelty props are starting to hit hard and heavy. We get into those in about 40 minutes alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack. Court is in session, but no, seriously, um, this is not good for Patrick Mahomes Sr. His third uh, arrest for driving while intoxicated happened over the weekend in Tyler, Texas, the Mahomes hometown, um, was released yesterday after posting a $10,000 bond. Um, was arrested on a DWI charge in 2018. Then the following year, 40 days of jail time that he served on weekends. Um, is this is this any kind of distraction, you think, Joe, for uh, the, uh, the younger Mahomes? He's out in Vegas trying to drill down on the biggest game of his life, trying to win another Super Bowl title, and dad's got issues back home. Yeah, how much of a distraction? It's not good right now. Um, but it's a week out. Is it going to be something that is lingering all week for the, for the son, for the player? I would guess not. That'd be my guess because it, it, thankfully nothing more serious happened. It's not like, I don't know, Britt Reed, Andy Reed's son. It's not a situation like that. It's like, God, get, get it together guys. And in that situation, if you remember, obviously Britt was, handled with uh, kid gloves in that situation, um, even though he he should not have been. But the headline here, Aaron, is three times. Come on, man. Three times. Every, with everything that we have available, uh, everybody on their phone can get a ride from anywhere in the world. I'm Not in the world, but you know what I mean. In your area? Like, come on, dude. Jesus. Yeah. Mute your brain cells a little bit. Yeah, I think if I'm Patrick Mahomes Jr., I am worried and concerned about my dad because this is three times, you know, and it's not just like, this is obviously an issue. Like, I may even be thinking like, hey, dad, 
we're going to get you a driver from now on or like call someone, yeah. you know what I mean? Like put your own credit card into the Uber and Lyft apps, <laughs> like make sure he's right. taken care of. But yeah, there's obviously some other issues going on here with his dad that probably need to be addressed. But as for Patrick Mahomes Jr., I think he's able to compartmentalize this. I mean, we don't know what's going on in his family. Like Maybe he's been distracted by some things before you know, and it has known about whatever issues are going on and he's able to kind of push that to the side and focus on the Super Bowl right now. Well, it'll be interesting to see tonight, you know, opening night, media day, all of that. You know, typically when you're talking about beat reporters who are, are around a team and a player every single day, they're going to ask questions uh, about something of this nature in a little more gentle of a way, right? Like if this if this were a press conference in Kansas City, they might ask Patrick Mahomes about this, but it's going to be in a way that gives him the ability to give sort of a an easy answer, right? Or, you know, slip and duck and dodge and dive if he has to. You never know what the hell's going to happen on media day at the Super Bowl. Like, somebody, it, it's entirely likely, if not probable, someone's going to ask him about this tonight. And so, you think? it's just one, I, I think so, because again, yeah, you have no idea. Probably. Like, you have the goofballs, right? Like, somebody right. will be there with a sombrero and trying to get people to dance. And then you'll have the more serious reporters who don't cover this on a regular basis who will want to ask him about this. And, you know, it's just another thing to think about when you're going into the final five, six days of preparation for, again, what's the biggest game of your life otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, he'll probably will be. I'm just thinking, though, like you mentioned, the goofballs, there's a limit on questions at some point. And right. Is this going to be a story later in the week? Unfortunately, I don't think it will be. It's yeah. it's kind of barely out there now, and it's Monday. Imagine once we get into Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the, the heart of this. And those oh, yeah. are the, the bigger media we'll days. We'll be too busy talking about Usher and, and Reba uh, and, and Taylor and all that, yeah. Every little story out there. And there are other players involved, too. And I know he's the most important player and the biggest player and all that. But I think by next, later in the week, it's going to be a nothing. So as all these reporters, okay, let me ask you guys. You get one question of Patrick Mahomes today. Is this it? Is this part of it? No, no. but there's Not for probably me. someone trying to make a name or think they're, like, make asking some tough question that – if you're a beat reporter, you're you know what I mean, and and you know what yeah. you're doing. I don't think you ask this. They're question, not asking but it. Some, there's gonna be someone who's just like YOLO. I'm gonna throw out this question mm -hmm. and think they're they're cool or making a name for themselves. So I, I wouldn't you, be surprised right. if it happens. If you're a beat reporter, the <laughs> one thing that you can't have is a bad relationship with Patrick Mahomes on this gig. So right. I'm not saying that's why you should shy away from doing your job, but that's something they're all thinking about. And and again, if it, if you're a beat reporter and it's something you actually really want to talk to a player about, their dad being knocked for a third DWI, that's something you pull the player aside and talk to them right. on a personal level, one on one yeah. about. That's not like, something hey, you blow up your spot doing... for Super Bowl media day, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. definitely like a training camp, mini camp, like off to the side, checking in to see how you're doing, kind of thing, right. and see if you if he opens up about it. You know. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, do we have anybody else? Maybe in a more fun way, we could throw into BetQL court anybody because I have one in particular. If you guys will uh, indulge me, look, the Grammys were last night, and oh, by the way, by the way. 
the Luke Combs, Tracy Chapman performance, uh, that's one of the reasons the Grammys are are still worth watching. Like that was was absolutely phenomenal. It was awesome. Miley Cyrus for me. Love So here's my thing. Here's my thing with Miley. The performance itself was fun. Like it's Miley. Miley's music doesn't do anything for me, but I know a lot of people like it. Her hair was absolute. I mean, like she stood in front of a box fan with Aquanet for 20 minutes. That hair was just like, if she were sitting in the frame on this screen right now, if you're watching on Twitch or YouTube, it would fill the frame. The hair was everywhere. And it didn't seem to have much. It was just like, just blow it out. I don't care what it looks like. Just blow it out. I guess it was supposed to be some kind of Tina Turner homage, maybe, because she Mm -hmm. did the Tina dance, you know, while she was singing. And they had the the Oprah Tina Turner thing later. Yeah. Yeah. So probably. I guess, but you like the hair, Aaron? Yeah. Also, like, if you're someone like Miley Cyrus coming out with that look, like, it's going to be a trend now. Like, big hair is probably going to be a thing that women are going to try to copy now after seeing that look. And I'm here for it. You know, I expected to watch it and know nobody. And I was surprised that I knew most. And, like, a song like Flowers, I'm like, wait. How is this up for awards? I feel like I've been hearing this song for years. Yeah. Or you've just been beaten over the head with it all summer and and, and fall. Yeah. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. Because my daughter and my wife listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. So So who are we putting in court? Because I have one from the Grammys. Go ahead. Who? What you got? Did you see, and I think they've tried to shut it down, but when the final award was announced by Celine Dion, um, who's been struggling with some health issues, mm-hmm. obviously Taylor Swift wins album of the year, but she just quickly snatches it from Celine Dion, doesn't even acknowledge her at all, and then she's like, uh, 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 like she can't even talk, she's acting like she's so surprised, can't even string a sentence together. I am quickly ha- – I think I've had enough of You've Taylor had enough? Swift. Yeah. Like, we are there now. I didn't really care too much about it before, but after watching her speech last night and just I, – I don't know. And then she's forcing, like, Lana Del Rey up with her. The whole thing was so awkward. Yeah. I just don't like it. It was cringy to me. You know what? And earlier in the evening, even before that moment, and – like some people would look at Taylor Swift standing up, singing along to some performances, mm-hmm. especially the one we just we just mentioned with Tracy Chapman and all into it. But then part of me is like, she's trying to make it about her again. Sit your ass down. Sing yeah, who, from there. Who stands like, up and dances to Fast Car? She's by the way, knowing like knowing yeah, that all the cameras are going to be on song. her. It's just like <laughs> God. She's got to. It's, she's over the top with everything she does. And sometimes I wonder, some people think it's genuine. I, I wonder a lot of times if it is. Yeah. So I, this is the, my wife, the first thing she said this morning, Aaron, when we came downstairs and we're getting the kids ready for school and stuff is, oh, I, did you hear, did you hear what happened after we went to bed? And no, I had, we, we literally just woke up. Well, how would I know? Tell me. <laughs> did oh. you hear it when you were sleeping? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor didn't say, t- Taylor didn't, you know, pay respect to Celine. And I'm like, what? 
is she supposed to bow and genuflect? Like, wow. I get it. It's she didn't even on, really but... make eye contact, though. She was just that snatched bad? it. Yes. And it's like, it's Celine Dion. Like, at least be like, thank you so much. She thanked and hugged all these people, then went to Celine Dion, snatched her Grammy, and started talking. Snatched. And I just felt, you could have at least, at least be like, thank you so much. You know, done something. Right. It was like... She didn't even know who Celine Dion like Miley was. Did That's with Mariah, how it, right? it appeared. Yeah, <laughs> like Miley. Miley went up one. and like paid respect to Mariah. She's like, "Oh my god, I can't. Oh. I'm standing up here next to Mariah Carey. This is amazing. Exactly. This is better than the. You don't have to do that over the top. If if she doesn't, if Taylor doesn't like Celine, but I think out of respect that you, you say that you just won album of the year and she presented right. it. You don't just snatch it like you're the hired help and move on. To <laughs> oh my god! See, I'd give her a break on that because it's probably like a rush. Like you just won this big award, and you know billions of people are watching you. I don't. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but I I don't know how I would react if I would even notice the person that's in front of me, even if it is Celine Dion. But right. my point Could've... is, she noticed like five other people. That's true. That's true. Prior I get it. To- we're we're out on out on Tay Tay. Is that what we're saying? Wait till we get to the I eighty six props already now, listed. Yeah. Now we know uh, why Aaron's brother. come around on the Niners all of a sudden. It's that anti Tay Tay. Uh Daily is presented by Bet MGM. Coming up next uh, in twenty minutes, we dive into some of those novelty props, including the Taylor Swift ones. But next, Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfor with his insights on Super Bowl Fifty Eight right here on BetQL Daily. <laughs> 